Alright, what is up everybody? It is Primetime Kansas City and on today's episode we'll be going over the NBA playoffs. Royals? I don't know what to think of them, but what we do have for you is an exclusive interview with Royals prospect Asa Lacey. So make sure you, you uh, listen to that because that was a pretty good interview. Uh, we've gotten some golf, some football, and some mm-hmm. baseball as you would assume. So listen to that. We'll be going over Tony Larusa being a uh, Debbie Downer. Uh, yeah. Even though we hate the White Sox, I, I, still, I still hate Yerman Mercedes because this dude thinks he's a shit. But it took him nine nine years to get to the MLB. So really, you're not. But anyway, let's get right into it. Royals, they open tonight against the Tigers. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, if we get swept by the worst team in baseball again, I'm yeah. Don't think it. that's going to happen again. I, I'm just looking for a series win this time. Uh, they've been playing good baseball uh, after the losing streak. They split at the White Sox, which is you know should have been three out of four, but that's all right. Take two, we'll, we'll split with them. And then uh, you know taking two for Milwaukee is pretty impressive as well, especially because they put out Woodruff and uh, Corbin Burns back to back. Those are the best two pitchers they have. Two of the better pitchers in baseball, uh, especially. Burns this year, so for the Royals to be able to win both those games was very nice. John, you think what do you think this weekend's going to look like? Yeah, I'm excited. I think um, I think we had a good little bounce back. I mean, taking two of four against the White Sox and then um, you know sweeping the two game series with the Brewers. Yeah, uh, I'm really happy. Jackson touched on it, beating Burns and Woodruff. Mm-hmm. That that is a big accomplishment. I don't think that should be understated. I mean, those two guys have been absolutely dominant so i i like the little turn we've taken but i think this is a big series to see where we're actually headed because i mean have we actually changed from when we got swept by the tigers last week we don't know i mean the Royals could be four games back right now if the mlb review system is well to to, to touch on that though the mlb review system kind of we kind of got even with it on tuesday yeah. With uh, with getting called safe, so it kind of evens itself out. But regardless, it's a broken system. Was Witt so, the first or second run? Uh, Witt was the first. So if he didn't score that, we would have gone to the top of the ninth, uh, no scores. Well, so we gone with we. They're really it would have. They're really. We needed stuck. it. We, we needed it. We did so. need it, but still, like it, that, it worked that, out for us. It was it was very fitting that that's how we won our game. Right after that's how we lost our game. Yeah, but like John said, it should be interesting to see really what this team looks like because I mean. This will be what nine after this three game series. It'll be nine games after those swept. I mean, you will kind of be able to see what they've done. But like I've said since the beginning, I just need them to get to June five hundred. Well, I hate saying it, but it's looking decent. There's a chance. It's looking decent. Uh, talking about the White Sox, Yerman Mercedes. Hmm. Yerman Mercedes. Okay, so he let's broke just the unwritten rules of baseball at twenty eight as a rookie. Should not be a thing. Yes. Which unwritten rules should not exist. But um no, Where I think I all under a rock. Yerman Mercedes. I think, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say what happened. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, he hit a home run on three O versus a position player on the mound. Williams Ostadio. Okay, now here's the thing. Is he the fattest I... pitcher recorded? <laughs> no, probably Bartolo. No, nowhere near as fat as Bartolo. Are you kidding? <laughs> Bartolo's got the Bartolo might be the fattest player to ever hit a home run. Is he? I mean, that's I that's besides that. that's besides the point. <laughs> Bartolo's uh, forty-seven. Billy Butler might have hit some home runs too. I don't know. They might have been close. But I, going on the situation, I think all three of us agree that it's stupid that anyone got mad about this and that Yerman has all the right to hit it. Does anybody disagree? No. Agree. Okay, so we really don't need to get into a yelling match. But Tony Larusa, I'm not so much like surprised that he wasn't happy with it that happened because he is an old style manager, but I'm just so surprised how open he is about it and how, like how openly he is against his own player. And then the next game, the twins throw at Mercedes, which is stupid. That's another unwritten rule. That's stupid. Why do you throw at a guy for hitting a home run? Like just be better. It's not that. Like, why are you getting in your feelings? But then Tony LaRusa says that he uh, completely was understanding of it. And he's like, yeah, that, that's an appropriate response. If that clubhouse hasn't turned on him yet, I don't know what will make them turn on him because that is absolutely inexcusable to just basically sit up there and say, yeah, I, I don't blame them for throwing at my player. Yeah, the one thing I will say is, why does Tony LaRusso think he actually has a family in that clubhouse? Everyone hates him. He's like the... I mean, at like this the, point, you, he you're hated. Grandpa. 
because you've seen Tim Anderson's come out in his support. Lance Lynn came out in his support. And what makes it so funny is Tony LaRus is coming out here saying he's a rookie. He'll learn. He, you know, we're a family. He'll, we'll discipline him. Are you serious with this? And he's like the integrity of the game. You managed Mark McGuire while he was on steroids. Where was the integrity for the game there? And don't talk to me about morals and being respectful when you're the same guy. And I don't want to bring up personal life, but it has to be in the situation said that got a DUI arrest. There's no excuse for driving drunk. And yet you're mad at a guy and saying a guy needs discipline because he hit a home run, something he's paid to do literally since he's on a pre-arbitration contract could be the difference between 50 and $60,000 at the end of the year. And you're telling him not to hit it. Jackson's very yeah. pissed if you guys have not realized. Well, it's just it's just silly. And then you're like, well, that kills the integrity of the game. You know what kills the integrity of the game? Putting a position player on the mound. That kills the integrity. You're talking about, oh, that's be a good sport, have good sportsmanship. Is putting a position player on the mound good sportsmanship? You're, you're waving that's the waving, white flag. Yeah, that's literally what I was about to say. I mean, you're yeah. waving the white flag. That's good sportsmanship. If you throw a guy a 47-mile-an-hour cream puff down the middle, he has every right to smack that shit out of the stadium. All right. And I rest my case. I don't think anyone disagrees here. There is no case that needed to be placed. Jackson pretty much said anything I would have said about that because. Yeah, I kind of stole all the thunder there. Story to me anyway. I kind of stole all the thunder there, but. Well, you're good. You're good. uh, I don't want people. I don't want people that want to listen to the Ace Lacey interview staying here too long. So let's cut right to that, and we'll get back to baseball. But we just got Mm -hmm. started into it. But let's cut to the Ace Lacey interview right now. All right. We now welcome on a. uh, Special guest, it is the fourth overall pick in the 2020 MLB Draft. It is Asa Lacey out of Texas A&M. Asa, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you guys for having me. All right, so let's get right into it. Let's go starting at Texas A&M, 14-5 with a 207 ERA with 224 strikeouts and three in a COVID year of pitching. That's pretty good, and that's how you nice up for the MLB Draft. You were projected to go third to the Marlins in a lot of MLB drafts with a big gap in potential from the third and fourth pick. Were you shocked that you got to the Orioles? Uh, no, not really. Um, we knew some stuff that, that was occurring, you know, about right before the draft started. And so I, I wasn't surprised at all. And um, I'm actually very, very blessed and grateful for where I ended up. Yeah, kind of touching on that note, Asa, when you were heading into the draft, what was the communication like with the Royals organization and Dayton Moore? And did you have a pretty strong confidence or at least an idea that you would be going there at number four? Yeah, I mean, I felt very comfortable on all of our Zoom meetings. Um, Dayton was very forward. Um, and just, I mean, just a great picture, and we were on stage with a lot of um, as well as J.J. Bacolo and Lonnie Goldberg, their scouting director. Um, love those guys. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely saw it as a possibility. There wasn't a ton of communication with the Marlins before. Um, I'd done a few, I'd done a Zoom call with them, but uh, that that was about it. So we kind of went in not knowing what was going to happen with the first three picks, but knowing that, that KC really liked me and I liked them. So it, it worked out. When you look at the Royals uh, draft class these last three years, we see them going for pitchers other than Bobby Witt, of course. But we see them going after pitchers in the very high rounds or low rounds, I guess you can say. Do you look at that as some added pressure on you or do you look at that as like a competition against you guys? No, I mean, I look at it as as just a great opportunity to compete against those guys and compete with those guys. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a part of this brotherhood now and we have a ton of talented pitching. And I think we really push each other, whether it's spring training, you know, or an A ball, double A, you know, triple A. I mean, all those guys, we want each other to get better. We're all rooting for each other. So I think it's just a great opportunity. Going back to last year after you get picked, it was definitely obviously an odd year. Um, no minor league season, really. What were you doing last summer whenever after the MLB draft, after you get selected? What was it like not having any baseball to play? What were you up to? Um, kind of didn't know what to do with myself there for a little bit. Hadn't right. been summer since high school. Um, continued to train, uh, started picking bullpens back up there right after the draft, actually about right before it. Um, so continued to throw bullpens all summer and uh, essentially was really the first summer I've had. So I got to do a lot of things. I got to go fishing with buddies and, and just kind of enjoy some more family time, play a little golf um, on my free time. But for the most part, I just I stuck to my training routine and luckily A&M 
uh, put me in their bubble. And so I would get tested weekly um, in order to train. There. So I had a great place to train over the summer. Talking about Texas A&M, when you look at your stats there, I mean, your first season, you had a great year or a great start, 2.75 ERA, and the ERA just keeps going lower and lower. But when you look at 2020 and with 24 innings pitched and a 0.75 ERA, what was making that what was making your pitching so effective and just keeping that ERA down and getting the wins? Because you didn't have a single loss. I know it was a shortened season, but that was still a pretty good start to the season. Yeah, you don't have the SEC play included in there. And, you know, it's a joke amongst all of our pitching staff. You know, when you get to the SEC, your, your ERA is probably going to take a little bit of a, a turn a little bit higher. I mean, it's basically double-A baseball. Yeah. But yeah, just continuing to harness my stuff was the big thing. Um, I was able to really, when I needed to get on a fastball, it wasn't just a waste pitch. I was able to locate really well. And something that Coach Childress and I sat down with that fall was three pitches or less per at bat. Um, I was a high pitch count guy, a lot of three-two counts, um, a lot of foul balls. So we really just wanted to clean things up so that I was able to get deeper into games um, and you know just set our team up in a better position to win. Yeah, through your four years at Texas A&M and then now, I'm just kind of curious, what is, in your idea, the thing that you've worked on the most and gotten better at the most, and what are you still working on right now that you think is your biggest area of improvement? So I think going into my junior year and, and after the season, uh, I'd really done a good job harnessing my stuff and improving my command, and uh, I, I'd, I'd kind of seen all the hard work pay off and having 452 days off of not pitching in a game, you know, I've seen that regress a little bit so far in this minor league season. Um, so yeah, just continuing to improve, improve my command. Um, I, I trust my stuff. I know my stuff's good. Um, so it, it just boils down to, you know, throwing it where you want, throwing it over the plate. When you look at all these Royals prospects being drafted and then making their way up to the big, uh, big leagues, you see them being asked a lot of the time, what does it mean to be raised royal? And I know your season has been short right now, but what kind of meaning does it have to you to be raised as a royal? Um, it's just, it, it's really humble beginnings, and they preach a lot of just being a good teammate and wanting to be known when your career is over as um, just being the best teammate possible. And, I mean, that's something that Alex Gordon has left behind in his legacy. And so we're all just trying to follow after that, support each other, love each other, and, you know, go out and compete with each other. Since you've been from Texas really your entire life, obviously you were born there and you played college ball there. What's it been like now to kind of venture out with a new team and kind of, you know, for the first time kind of go elsewhere and be elsewhere? I'm sure it's a little bit of a difference for you. Yeah, I, I've been uh, I've been very fortunate throughout my baseball career, my amateur baseball career. I've traveled a lot of places, um, you know, from summer ball in high school, going all across the country, California, Georgia, Florida, um, and then to Team USA. We were in North Carolina most of the summer, and then we went over to Taiwan, Japan. So I've done my fair share of traveling, um, but just very happy that I'm in the United States playing baseball. Uh, yeah, and then when you go back to uh... – what Josh, I think, was trying to touch on for his internet cutout was that you got drafted back in 2017 by yeah, a rival now, the Cleveland Indians, in the 31st round a lot later uh, than you just got drafted in 2020. Was there any decision really there to not go to Cleveland? Was it a tough decision at all to stay at a and What was that decision like getting drafted no, and then not that, going to Cleveland? Yeah, that was just a courtesy pick. Um, I, I knew the, the Cleveland area scout very, very well, Kyle Van Hook. And he, uh, I was, ba- I'd, I was flying back from San Diego cause I was at the San Diego pre-draft workout and we thought they were going to pick me and they ended up offering me money in the third round, but it just wasn't a good situation for me. So I ended up getting off the plane and he had called me and said, Hey, we just picked you. It's a courtesy sign, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was very humbling to, to be picked, but it, it had nothing. It wasn't going to pull me away from my decision to go to Texas A&M. And I'm very grateful. I stuck with that decision. Kind of going back, uh, I just heard your answer, but you've went through pretty much every single way of baseball from, I'm assuming from high school now through pro ball, who is someone that you look at for pitching and hope to somewhat match them? Cause I know everybody wants to be their own kind of player, but who is someone that you kind of want to be like? Somebody that I've always idolized has been Clayton Kershaw just over my career and really, mm-hmm. 
I mean, it, it goes all the way back to, to watching him pitch in his early days and in Los Angeles. And when I was younger, that was that would be the only time I could stay up at at night uh, where the day he would start. My parents would let me stay up and watch him. Just the kind of man he is on and off the field. He's a great teammate. He's a great family man. He does a lot of charity work. Um, and obviously his performance shows on the baseball field as well as he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. So, Well, I yeah, really hope but- you can uh, match like – yeah, I think we would be we'd be very content if you matched that career. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some high standards right there. But uh, we've already got it. We got two lefties down, eight, and you know Clayton Kershaw is the one that got away in Kansas City. We didn't draft them. We had the first pick, so maybe maybe you're gonna make up for that, Asa. Maybe maybe this is maybe this is our reward. I'm sure as sure as heck gonna do my best. <laughs> We're glad to hear it. Um, obviously, though, you know. To the average Kansas City fan, maybe not getting to catch a lot of minor league baseball right now, um, maybe just paying attention to the big league roster. Uh, they might not know a ton about you, so I was going to say earlier, but just didn't get the chance. How would you describe yourself to people that don't really maybe know much about you right now, and what do you want people to know about you? Um, well, let's see. Uh, I'm an only child, father and mother, Philip and Cynthia Lacey. Uh, I was born in Bryan, Texas. Um, just been a Texas boy my whole life. Um, I love the outdoors. Uh, I've loved to golf. I've since picked up a lot of golf through quarantine. Um, yeah, I, I just like to have a good time. I'm pretty laid back, except for when I'm on the mound. I'm definitely a competitor. Um, when you say competitor, are you talking about rain Brady Singer competitor? Where you scream if there's rain? <laughs> are you... I don't think I've ever yelled at the rain, but I've dealt with some rain delays like him. But I don't think I, I quite got that aggressive at the rain. But um, yeah, I'm definitely not a I'm not a happy human being when I'm pit when I'm. So I don't know if you want to talk to me too much. <laughs> uh, so kind of going away from baseball, you being a Texas guy, football's big in Texas. Are you, I'm assuming you're a football fan. Yes, I am a college football fan for sure, more so than the NFL. But okay, well, I mean, I was going to ask, are you a Houston or Dallas Cowboys fan? Um, probably more of a Texans fan. So that, that Chiefs playoff loss was kind of tough on you then. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I, I like to see Patrick Mahomes succeed. Well, so. hey, I bet you you get That's to see true. that a yeah. lot in the upcoming but, uh, years. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love to watch him play football, man. He can sling it. Something else hey, that I found during quarantine, too. I forgot what interview you said this in, but you like playing cards. What is your go-to card game? And Do you play it in the clubhouse and do you beat everyone in cards? Uh, no, I wouldn't say we play a little bit on the bus here and there. Um, I like blackjack. I've since picked up blackjack. Um, still learning how to play poker. It's going to take me a little bit, but blackjack's definitely my favorite hot topic right now. Yeah. Um, poker, I, I, that's probably my favorite card game personally, but I'm absolutely terrible at it. So I don't really like to claim that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, going back, or I guess not going back, but so far the start of this year, you've had, I believe, three starts. Is that correct so far? Yes. And your best one was easily a few days ago on Wednesday. Uh, what was it on Wednesday? I, I believe you pitched five scoreless on Wednesday. What was it on Wednesday that you were able to tune into uh, that your earlier starts that you weren't quite getting? What were you able to finally elevate to on Wednesday? What was it in your eyes? I think it just took me a little bit to get comfortable, just get back in game game mindset just transition what i've been doing in my bullpens to the game uh, my bullpens have all been really good so yeah i just felt a lot more comfortable out there was able to make pitches when i needed to most um, got into trouble in a couple innings and was able to work myself out of it so that's always a confidence booster um yeah i mean really it just it just boils down to trusting your stuff and throwing it over the plate just making guys hit it so that that was what i said going into it i said i'm just gonna make guys hit the ball and if they hit it great if they don't even better when since you've been in the minors for a little bit, who is someone that you've kind of bonded with that you know if you ever need anything, he you can go to him or vice versa? Oh, I mean, there's really a ton of guys. So early on, just being at the alt side, I was with an older group, most of the 2018 draft guys. Mm-hmm. Um, O.R., Lynch, both are incredible guys. Um, and actually, I roomed with uh, Alec Marsh in this past big league spring mm-hmm. training spring training and i mean we're just we're, we're great friends already we hit it off so i know that if if i asked him for anything he would drop everything and so i'd like to 
be able to say I could do the same for him. Um, as far as coaching goes, I mean, gosh, all of our pitching coordinators are just are great from Simo to Gibby to Stett. Um, they're all there. They're all great communicators. So I just, I just couldn't be more thankful for all of them. And then, yeah, and to touch on Josh's question, um, has there been really much communication or any communication at all with some of the guys up, like Mike Matheny or maybe Cal Eldred, the big league pitching coach? And are they telling you what to focus on down there, or is it really just the guys that you're dealing with down there that are yeah. tuning you in? Minor league started. You know, they have their, they, you know, they have the big league club to worry about. So they're right. I think I'm um, in big league camp. I got to speak with Mike and Cal a little bit, and. Uh, both, I was impressed with both of them early on, just what kind of men they are. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, earning my way up there and, and getting to work with them. All right. Well, I mean, Jackson, I don't know if you have anything else. We all, we have one final question that we always end every interview with. I'm excited for this answer too. All right. This um, for for security or legal reasons. Well, we no, no, not for security reasons. No, it's, for it's legal a fake. reasons. It's a we fake. We have to say this is a simulation because somebody thought this would happen. I don't yeah, know. Obviously, if you're big, this will never happen. I don't know if you're a big UFC guy, but mm-hmm. who do you think would win in a fight? One, okay. Conor McGregor, or 30 10 year olds, and this is at recess. <laughs> and oh, it, like when I say we ask everybody recess, this, I we mean, ask everybody this. This means yeah. playground rules. Any for shots legal? For legal reasons, um, I'm a huge McGregor fan, so I think. I think he would win, but good gracious. Uh, that would be a mess. It's I mean, tough to think there, about, Is though. there any reasoning behind that, or do you just think McGregor Oh, there's reasoning. It's because Ace is an intelligent person like me. Uh, uh, I, think he's just, I think he's just got the, the knowledge and the, and the swag and the skills. Yep, uh, I agree. And you're old enough, like, I'll try to come at him at once. See, that's what that's what everyone says. But I'm like, if you give those 10-year-olds five minutes, you can get them no, from four no. directions. See, here's the thing. So I don't know. The... Go back to looking at yourself when you were a ten-year-old. I was exactly. I was a chubby ten-year-old. That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> here's no. Here's the thing: is that he's gonna hit one of them, and then the rest of them are gonna see that, and yeah. they're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm not doing that." Because every guest we've had on, almost every single one agrees with me that McGregor would win. But Josh, and then a guy that's not here today, he's also working on the podcast. John, our team thirty ten-year-olds. So all I ever hear is that. So it's reassuring to hear guys come on here and tell me that I'm right. Yeah. Well, you could have the idea where McGregor just wouldn't want to hit any of them. So nah, see, right. That there there is never, that. But then, I'm going to lie. But, that's, that's never been through my mind. But, but, then, but then you got to understand it's not real. So you just pretend it's like a video game. Yeah. This one dude got really mad. He said, well, what if we make it like 50 raccoons versus Conor McGregor? And we were like, <laughs> I was you like, really uh, thought we, we would do this in real life. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, 50 raccoons. I can't think about that. All right. Well, Asa, we really appreciate you coming on, giving us the time to do this interview. We hope the best for you. Hope to see you in Kaufman here soon. Happy early birthday, Asa, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. Almost almost there. Right. June June 2nd. So yep. probably won't talk to you until then. So have a good one. Yeah, you guys. Big 22. Yeah, thank you for having me on, and you all have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you, yep, You have too, a Asa. One. Look forward to seeing you later. Thank you. Three, two, one. All right, that was a great interview from Asa. Uh, we really appreciate it. I literally don't know the last time he went on it, did an interview other than for the Royals. So Future Cy Young right there, baby. Uh, sure. Yep, going to happen. But, Nick Heath, you're still our number one guy because yeah, still you're still the, you're still the OG. We, no, yeah, we're you're just still waiting. the OG. I don't care about that. I'm just waiting for the $400 million contract. You see, the, you see the Twitter thing he's got with Trevor Bauer right now? Yeah, they've always had that. <laughs> yeah. He hit the dinger off of like, Trevor Bauer. We're going, we're going crazy. He, Nick Heath signed with Trevor Bauer's like media company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right, so yeah, go I was ahead, Josh. Say, looking at the MLB, uh, Danny Duffy ten day IL, which they said is going to be about four weeks. That's fine. If Chris Bubich yeah. keeps pitching how he is, I am totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's also it's also not the end of the world to have Jacob Junis starting. I just. Think that needs for to now, be said. for now, we're like yes, he he keeps proving many people wrong, including me. Like guys, there's no way Jacob Junis continues this for the whole year. Well, I mean, what do you mean continue it? Is what John, I'm trying to scoring, ask. What's scoring the road to show? <laughs> it's uh, 
I just went over five. Oh, so. no. trash. Okay. What do you get for um, playing the show? I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not expecting, I'm not needing Junis to give me anything Cy Young worthy or All Star worthy. I just need him to keep me in games. I just need him to give, if he gives up four runs and gives me six innings, I will take it for this time being. Um, and I'm also very, very glad that Danny Duffy only had that injury because there was some speculation it was going to be Tommy Jones. So well, because we, you called a press conference to yeah, that. We got, people, we got very, very lucky that that was all that happened. Yeah. yeah and while we're talking about injuries, how pissing long is Alberto Mondesi? Okay, be? no, that's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's Mother Nature's. The MLB has stupid rules with COVID. Supposedly, Monty mm. has to go through AAA to get clear to come up to him to, to the MLB. Well, he wasn't in. I think it was last night. Was not in the AAA lineup. Well, because so. there's been weather there, and they're not wanting to waste time for him trying to get rehab. Like I literally think he's going to spend a day in AAA. Yeah, it's probably not going to be very it's long. Literally just I, due to COVID. And what brings a question there is, I think we've kind of talked about this before, and actually, uh, Flanny talked about this with us. Who do you send down when he comes up? Because Flanny it's said it's going to be Lopez. It's going to be but, Lopez. But why can't it be Hans or Alberto? Because what what Hanser is stopping us from plays doing? Plays way more position. Hanser can play third, short, and second. You do realize but that, is he right? Good at is any he, of them. Yes, that's, he's a good fielder. He just can't hit. He can't hit the ball. Well, Nicky's a good fielder. I mean, he struggled a little bit this year, but Nicky's a good fielder, and he can but hit better than Alberto. What position can Nicky hit? Or what well, Nicky's played. He can play second and short. I know. I, I forget who said it. Um, that they wanted Mary. Yeah, I, one of my friends was talking to me about this last night, and he was like, "Well, Merrifield can go back to right field. Lopez can go back to second, and Montesi will go to short." I'm not a big fan of that. Well, to be see, completely you know, honest, you know what's going to happen is Wit was training in right field the whole spring training. This was before mm-hmm. Monty got hurt. So yeah, before they knew that. Obviously, is a plan. Which makes me think Hans Alberto might be our second baseman. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's just a weak link I mean, right you, there. I, yeah, I mean, I hate saying it, but like... I and mean, also... I, I want Nicky to stay. Yeah, I mean, he's played well enough, I guess, to stay. It wouldn't be, like, terrible if they sent him down, but yeah. Tell you the guy they should say, keep up. Yeah, go uh, ahead, John. Mainly just, is there really that big of a difference between Nicky and Alberto? Not I really. Like Maybe really speed. Speed. And speed, speed's about it. Um, so. And then I was also going to say, uh, Kelvin Goodyear is small sample size, but I feel like you have to keep him on the roster. You can't send him down. That's not. He's going to get sent down. He's going to get He's sent the, down. He's literally the first. Do you yeah. know how bad that would look if the Royals You think when Mondesi gets called up, they're going to send him down? No. What? No, when Dozier gets back, they're well, You just said down. he was the first to go down. Okay, well, this John is. John just said that, he was the first to go down. When Dozier comes back. I think that's what he I, meant, probably. Honestly, yeah. if you if you're actually serious about winning this year, you wouldn't send them down. Do you know how stupid it would look for the Royals to keep a player they just signed to a twenty million dollar contract in the minor leagues? Do you know how stupid it is for Hunter Dozier to be in your lineup not getting very, hits? It's very. I stupid. mean, there's. It, listen, I'm not saying send Dozier down, but maybe have him and Gutierrez switch off every other day, or I don't know. But you can't. I, I obviously I want Dozier to get better and you know be healthy again, but you can't. Just keep plugging Dozier in as an everyday starter and say, well, we paid him. You can't just do that. You, If you're serious about winning, you have to put out the best players available. Right now, through a small sample size, Kelvin Gutierrez looks well, well, well ahead of Hunter Dozier. I forgot season. who said it, but someone said, well, mate, you just got to give people that sign a new contract a whole half a season. No! no that doesn't even make sense. I think it was Rex. I literally think it was Rex Hudler. Look at Perez. He just signed a new contract. Look, he's fine. No one remembers I mean, that either. Yeah, like, well, the thing is, you only really think about the, you only think about contract extensions when they're doing terrible, really, <laughs> because you're like, we're paying him all this money and he can't hit. But Salvi gets his extension, and we're just like, okay, okay. But okay, remember, yeah, thinking whatever. about it, whenever he's like 32. Hey, he's 31 already, though. So, um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. 35. My point is basically just like if you put Dozier in here and you finish like 76 and 86 and he has a bad year the rest of the way, and then you say, well, we okay, tried to well, compete. Look, Stop. If, if just Dozier don't hit me with that. like this the remainder of the year, there's no way he stays up. Yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty hard for him to play this poorly the rest of the season. I'm not trying to dog on Hunter Dozier at all. Um, actually, but like the sucks. guy. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm – I'm, You keep hearing about the hard hit balls, the – 
oh man, he's got this, you know, the stat cast tries and tells you that he's good. He needs to get elevation on it. Me and John talked about this. He needs to get some elevation on his hits because he's Launch hitting them. Angles, baby. Launch angle is changing the game. Hosmer has completely reintroduced himself this year with his launch angle. He has gotten so much better because of that. Uh, it's just something that, yeah, I mean, Dozier, feel bad for him because I like the guy. You can tell he puts in a lot of work. Um, and he, you know, seems to be a good clubhouse guy. But just right now, not getting the job done. Obviously, he's going to need to heal up, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. I don't have much MLB talk. Let's get into some NBA yeah. playoffs. Uh, mm. We're going to assume the Warriors win today. So, Even if they don't, it, we don't really care. It doesn't care, really matter. Um, unless John's going to go berserk. No, I don't care. Uh, One thing I want to touch up on before we do predictions We'll just do we'll we'll tell you our finals champion and the finals matchup, but we'll just do first round for right now and just do that for the remainder Good of the with year. Me. Mm-hmm. We don't have the time because whereby sucks. But yeah, regardless. I don't know why um, I don't know why news stations are like freaking out that the Madison Square Garden sold fifteen thousand seats for two games. Like That's nothing. That's nothing. I get that's all you have. Like that's a sellout, but did you not ex- did you not expect to sell out for a home playoff game for the team that hasn't made the playoffs in nine years? Yeah, Wait, I mean it's New York. Making this a big deal. <laughs> it's the Knicks. I mean, it's it's New York. Anyone's gonna if any of their teams do well, they're gonna go crazy. But do do people understand? Like, you usually sell out in a playoff game. I mean, yeah, it's I don't know, but they're just because of COVID restrictions gonna be. They're gonna have the most fans out of any team. So Wait, really, yeah. No way. They're gonna have them. Yes, they are. They're gonna have the most fans out of any team, at least right now. So they're gonna have technically the best home court advantage. But uh, yeah, let's just Bro, go are the through. Mavericks not full capacity. Like what? I don't think Dallas is full capacity. I can look it up. Um, let's just go through the East first. Uh, that's all set already. So we'll go through the first round. There we got. Uh, interesting. A, a decent eight seed in the Wizards. Nothing crazy, but Mavericks Beal and the same Westbrook. capacity. Oh wait, so they have the same. Mavericks increase attendance to near full capacity, eighteen minutes mm. ago. So, oh well, I didn't know that. Oh, um. Uh, anyways, yeah. um, we're going through the first round. We got the 76ers, the one versus the Wizards at the eight. I just don't think the Wizards defensively have any chance at winning this series. Uh, they have nobody that can guard Embiid. I'll take Philly in five. That's what I'm taking. Yeah, Philly and four. Give it to me. All right, and then we got the two seven in the East. Uh, we got the Celtics, who are very depleted. No Jalen Brown uh, versus Brooklyn super team. I'm taking Brooklyn in four. Believe it or not, I'm going to take Brooklyn in six. Mm. I think we're going to see a Jason Tatum performance like Luka Doncic against the Clippers last year. Okay. Okay. Don't need to bring uh, – I guess you could bring that up. I was going to say don't bring that up to John, but they did win yeah, that series. We still won that series, so I don't really care about that. Uh, John, who you got in the series? Uh, East 2 versus 7, you said? Yeah, Brooklyn Celtics. Yeah, obviously Brooklyn. Um, uh, yeah, There's not much to be said. Boston without Jalen Brown isn't going to have And how a many games? How many games? Four. Yeah, I said four as well. Now, here – these next two series I think are going to be nice. You got the six heat taking on the three bucks. Bucks um, and four. And four? You yep. know you don't believe that. That's what I um, said last year, and I was wrong. Bucks and four. Yeah, you were very wrong. That was that was probably the best prediction I've ever had on this podcast with Miami beating Milwaukee John last year. With you though, like you weren't alone. Not for a lot of the season though. Not he called me crazy. Season, oh, I was gonna say. Time I picked Miami. I was gonna say John called or called it in the yeah. Playoffs, but he but yeah. he jumped on before yeah, no, it happened, so I'll give him credit. Miami being good. Yeah, but Jackson's was more. Jackson did say a lot this year that that the Heat were going to beat the Bucks for the Eastern Conference Championship, and that is why we renamed our group chat. Jackson is very mental, so it ended yeah. up being pretty pretty nice take because we gave okay, you a lot of shit. Okay, but literally, like, I feel like Jackson threw that through a hail mary there, and like, if it no, worked, I had forensic evidence because they were dominating Milwaukee that year. You said this before the evidence. pandemic even existed. So. Like, bro, no, Jackson, you cannot tell me you legitimately thought that was going to happen. I legitimately thought the Heat were going to beat the Bucs in a series, yes. Now, does that mean— What you said was the Heat were going to make the finals. And they did. 
That's they I know, but I'm just saying, like, because I said they could win the East. They beat the Bucks. It was kind of implied they were going to make the finals. Like the Bucks were like seen as like the runaway favorites in the East last year. I get that, but like Jackson, there was no. Way okay, like, well, let's go into this year's rematch because yeah. we don't have a ton of Bucks time. Bucks and four. Okay, you're taking Bucks and four. I'm taking Heat and five. What the heck? Heat and five, baby. There's heat no way five. Heat and five. There's Heat and five, no baby. They did it last year. Doing it again. Okay, well, when Giannis was literally, like, on one leg. He didn't get hurt till game four, bro. There, he was down 3-0 when he got hurt. I miss me with that. I don't want to hear the excuses. Well, I don't Bucks and five. Me. You just right. gave – oh, wait. I was. I thought you meant, meant Heat and five. I was literally about to say, you just gave Jackson crap. For heat and five is just a joke among the Heat fan base, by the way. And if you don't say it, you're just not a Heat fan. We've just been saying it the entire well, that's time. That's why heat we did not say Heat and five. That's why I said it. Um, and then we got four five. This is gonna be a damn good series. Knicks, Hawks. Give me the Knicks and seven, baby. I'm taking them. I love the way the Knicks are playing. I don't even know. Like, I, I just, think that's the, the Hawks honest. have the best player in this series. Oh yeah, by far. But it. I don't. Is Trey Young that much better than Julius Randle right now? Yes. I really. You're talking about the Julius Randle that got the Knicks to the four seed. Julius that Julius Randle not get himself to the four seed. Well, he was probably the main reason Van why Gundy he was... was one of the main. No, wait, who? Van, Van Gundy. Gundy. Wait, do they have Thibodeau? Thibodeau. Yeah, they have yeah. Thibodeau. Sorry, Thibodeau was one. Get of the main this reasons. clown out of here. Um, Sorry, Jackson. Yeah. I'm not an educated Knicks fan. Oh, I'm not a. Knicks I don't fan know at what all. the playoffs are like, man. Okay, give me some break. Yeah, shut up, Josh. The Kings haven't made it since you were like a toddler. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm taking the Knicks in seven. Like a Knicks and seven. John, who are you taking? So, yeah, I'm taking the Knicks in six, actually. I, okay. I really like the Knicks this year. I they think play so hard. I've been pretty impressed with them, too. I think they're a pretty good unit. Um, Yeah, I think they'll get it done. Get it done. See, I'm going Hawks in six. Okay. Mm. Well, you're a dumbass. Hate on the fun. No, I just don't want to hear this. Dude, you do realize if New York wins the series, ESPN will not shut up for five months. Do Knicks fans not deserve this, though? Yeah. Like, they've been through hell. More than anybody. I don't Cody. care about Knicks fans. The Nick, no, Knicks fans this. deserve it. Spike Lee deserves it. They, this fan base oh deserves God. it. All right, Jackson, just go to New York. Jesus. Oh, my God. See, I, this is your problem, Josh. I can't say one freaking okay, nice okay. thing. <laughs> We All don't right. need to do this right here. All I right, was West. just saying that. Jackson took that very personal. Well, everything I say, you're like, oh, my God, you ride his dick. And I'm like, Josh, I literally just said, like, he's good. And you're like, ah. Anyways, we'll go to the West. Number one, Jackson took that Warriors. so no- personal. Number one, because well, it's annoying. Number one, Jazz. Number eight, Warriors or Grizzlies. Doesn't matter to me. I'm taking Utah in six over if it's Golden State. If it's Memphis, I'll take them in five. Jesus. Pick, pick up, up the, the ball. ball. All right. What's your prediction, Josh? <laughs> pick up the ball. Uh, well, I don't know why they said that because I just hit a double. But okay. All right. Uh, uh, give, me Utah, give me Utah. Give me four. Mm. If it's the Grizzlies, Utah and five. If it's the Warriors. Okay, John. Yeah, Utah and six against Golden State. Okay. Uh, then you go two seven in the West, which the seven is the Lakers. This is the first time. I think ever that the seven has been favored to win a series. It was like the first um, time in 30 years. Yeah. Or something like that. The seven Lakers, the two sons, uh, John, I, as the number one LeBron hater in the world, I'll let you go first. Yeah. I'm taking Lakers in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is going to be one of those series where LeBron narrowly misses being eliminated. And I'm going to hate my life <laughs> as he goes to like the easiest NBA title ever somehow, like, Everybody on the Knicks or Isn't this like Knicks, every year? is going to get hurt in some shit. So, yeah. Uh, Lakers in seven. All right. Josh? I'm going Lakers in six. Okay. I will say this. Whoever wins the series, John's going to hate me for this. Whoever yeah, I'm about, this series, I think I'm about to agree with what you're going to say. Makes the finals. You think the Suns will be better than the Suns are dangerous. Suns are dangerous. I will disagree Um, with that. They don't have enough paint presence. I really have teetered back and forth on this series. What's really become the difference for me is just Booker and Aiton have no experience in the playoffs. 
and the Lakers just came off a championship team. So I will take the Lakers in seven, although I will have it noted, I would be, I would not be surprised at all if Phoenix finishes them off in six. Like the Lakers do not impress me. Okay. And then the next series, um, three, six is Portland, the six Denver, the three so, an yeah, interesting this series. Where, this is where I differ because I think Denver will get out of this and make the conference finals. Over There's no Phoenix way. They, they don't have Jamal Murray. I think the loss of Jamal Murray makes that pretty hard. John, Dude, I but... really think they get bounced in the first round, but in five games and five, have you seen how good they are even without him. Here's the thing. Who on Portland can match up with Nikola Jokic? And to Nobody. me, it just Nobody. they don't have an answer. So that's what the, be, the big difference the is to me. the same question about Damian Lillard. Who can but you can him? double Damian up top. We've seen teams do this. Freaking uh, Alex Caruso he... guarded them last year in the in the playoffs. You can. I feel like it's easier to find to play a guard. Maybe have a mismatch at guard, but easier to guard them than it is a big man like Jokic. They just simply who are you going to put on him? Ennis Cantor? Like it's just I don't know. Where's to me. He... Where's Nurkic? Nurkic is hurt, bro. That's what I thought. Unless he's back, and I, but I'm pretty sure he's out. Um, so I'm going to take Denver in six. I think they're still a good team, and I, I can't believe I have to say this, but as a fair analyst, I have to say this: Michael Porter's playing really well. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. He is. I, don't, I don't think they necessarily need Jamal Murray to be able to do this. Yeah, no, I, I was being a little over dramatic. They but... lost Jamal Murray. They might even be better. To be no, you are wrong. You also, haven't watched, you obviously have also we can say this. I know Lillard gets a lot of praise for being clutch, and he has hit some clutch shots. He has come up short in the playoffs, though, in some big moments. Think about when he got to play the Warriors with no KD, and they got swept. They blew three fourth quarter leads. Like that was. I mean, come on now, Jackson. What? Jackson. What are you laughing at? Because, what are you laughing bro, at? They have Steph Curry and a healthy Clay Thompson against. Was McCollum they, they him have Nurkic right? Bro, you're in the Western Conference Finals, and you have three games where you yeah, lead by 15 points or more. Nuggets. Where you have three games where you lead by 15 points or more, and you lose all of them. I don't want to hear it. And then last year, all of a sudden, Dame's going off in the bubble. They win Game One. It looks good, oh, and then Jesus, basically they they just basically. I mean, Twitter. I've literally Twitter was a war zone that night after Portland won. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think. Maybe he gets a little overrated in the playoffs. He hasn't really shown me that he can carry a team in the playoffs. So I'll oh, take Denver. I mean, that's why this is the first round. I'm not sending them to the finals. I mean, that's why they're six. You picked the Blazers, just... Josh? Blazers and he six. He picked them in five. I know. Oh, now Josh, six. Blazers and six. What are the betting odds on this? What do you what do you want to you want to bet on this? No, I don't want to bet on this. <laughs> yeah, because he's not confident. You're picking against Michael Porter Jr. How dare you? Josh, How dare you, Josh? Plus two hundred, bro. No. <laughs> we should just become a betting podcast. That's that's all we do now. And then the four plus or five in the West. No, you know what we do need to have John's betting segment. Because that's literally there's that would be fun. John podcast. before John's every podcast, podcast, you need to get like three for sure bets in any sport. Okay. And just, I will do that. Of the night or the week. Um, but here we got the four or five. The Clippers tanked their way into the four to avoid the Lakers. I don't want to hear about it. That's what happened. That is what um, happened. And the five is Dallas. So we get a rematch of last year's first round. I will say this before I let John go in. In my opinion, the Clippers are going to win the West. I think they have the best team in the West. John, what, what do you the think? Fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, first of all, Mavericks in six. Um, <laughs> He's doing the reverse psychology again. What did I? Did I? I'm pretty sure I picked the Clippers over the Mavericks last year. They still uh, won. I, I know. Um, no, but, but yeah, I actually think we're going to be a first round exit this year. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think you're better once, this year. Once again, with the Clippers, just not enough time together as a team. I don't think there's a less cohesive unit in the playoffs right now than the Clippers. They still look like a group of guys that have no clue what they're doing playing with each other. Um, and I think okay. that's going to get exposed heavily. They they might get past the Mavericks, but they definitely won't get past the Jazz. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very, very quiet postseason for the Clippers. <laughs> I, okay. I literally promise you. Okay, John or Josh, I mean, same, who are you taking? Same result as last year, Clippers and six. Clippers and six. I'm going to say Clippers in seven. I think Dallas's shooting does create a problem here. But I think the biggest problem for the Clippers is closing games. 
And I think Rondo and Boogie are going to be big in that. And I could see uh, the – I think dude. so, bro. Playoff Rondo's different. Okay, Playoff but Rondo Boogie, is Boogie is not – like, Boogie played solid for them um, since he's yeah. joined the team. But, like, yeah. he is too slow to be mm. effective in the playoffs. I will say this. If they do not win this series, they're blowing it the hell up. The Clippers are blowing up. No, they they're gonna they already they're they're gonna extend everybody, dude. They they Kawhi is leaving if they lose. Kawhi is leaving if they lose. Scared of is if the what? Clippers make the playoff or the finals and then they lose. I literally, John I don't think I think I think this will be much worse. I think them losing in the first round would be much worse. John, what would be worse for you? Know, mental like health. I have literally, I'm I'm not I'm working during the game on Saturday. Like I don't care about the Clippers anymore. I decided mm. after we, like, continuously got murdered by the Nuggets that we are just not a good basketball team, and yeah. Okay, well, we've got every first-round matchup picks now. Who do you guys have in the finals coming out of the East? John, we'll start with you. Yeah, East, Nets, West, Lakers. LeBron wins okay. it all again somehow. Okay, John, um, but yeah. you just went against your own word, kind of. What? Why do you think the Nets are going to make it if they've only played seven games together with their big because three, but the Clippers won't do it? you play together when, you're, when you have pure dominant scores slash ball handlers like Kyrie and Kevin Durant and all of them. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they cannot put the team on, the, on their back in the playoffs. The, the Nets have three dudes that can put a team on their back. Um and I know that might be weird saying it because yes, James Harden has not had the world's greatest playoff track record, but yeah, yeah. truly speaking, it also isn't necessarily the amount of games you have together. It's just how the team looks and the Clippers offense is a whirlwind of shit turnovers and when it's like time for a new wide open find your perfect a lot of times started by the fact that we come close to turning over the ball. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty obvious when the same thing happens next um, Clippers Jazz that happened last year, where you're just watching them look like a bunch of dumbasses offensively and having no clue what to do, <laughs> and yeah, it, it's just what's gonna happen. Okay, Josh, who do you got coming out of the East and West? East, I'm going for with the Nets. Mm. West, I'm going with the Lakers, and I'm going with the Lakers winning. Wow, so both of you had the same finals and the same result. Yeah, it's that let is me, the most obvious thing. One way. Let me shake it up for you. He always He's gonna does. say Suns. He's gonna say Suns. The Nets are coming out of the East, but the West is going to see a new, fresh team come out because even though you guys hate LeBron, or not Josh much, but even though you hate LeBron so much and you're just scared he's gonna win the finals this year, he's not going to. He's not even a shell of what he was wait, last year. Wait, before you say the team. Can you name Didn't like you one say bench the player? Clippers are going to win the West? Like, can I name one bench player? Yeah, so then I can see if I know who it is. Uh, you're gonna know. Okay, well then never mind. Let me just say, it. I'm taking Utah to get out of the West this year. Oh Jesus! I like it. I like them this year. Listen, I'm sorry. Their path, they're... their path isn't that bad. They they get past the first round versus either Memphis or Golden State. They can do that. Yes. If it's the Clippers, I think they can beat the Clippers. I mean, John agrees. I don't. I don't think it's a Did gimme. You just say you thought the Clippers were going to win. The I think game? they can, but I, I, my, my part of me thinks they can, but just I'm just not going to pick them this year. I picked them last year. They burned me. I'm going to take them to beat either Dallas or the Clippers. Now it would be a tough series either way, but I think they can be either. And I don't think the Lakers make the Western Conference Finals. I don't think they get there because, quite frankly, Anthony Davis is a fraud. He's overrated. He doesn't play like he should. He's been completely underwhelming this year when he's on the court. And the Lakers, they just don't have it. They just do not have it. I watched that game versus Golden State. They don't have it this year. I'm not convinced. So I'm taking Utah and Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's going to sweep them in the finals. Okay. So I'm surprised I'm the only one that has finals. Brooklyn winning it. I'm surprised I'm the only one that has well, Brooklyn winning see, the no, finals. I, 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 could either see, I could see it being Brooklyn Dude, easy. If, if I was picking off of logic – then I would pick the Nuggets to beat the or Nuggets to lose to the Nets. But what I think you think the Nuggets can make the finals? The Nuggets legitimately have a chance. Yeah, at least they have the experience, Dude, but sorry. no Jamal Where Murray. The Nuggets. the Nuggets are so freaking good. There's yeah, but no Jamal Murray. team in the NBA than the Nuggets. Adding Aaron Gordon literally that's true. One of the best teams. I I just when they start dicking on people, you will understand why I'm saying this. 
And Nikola Jokic has been the best player in the NBA this year. He's going to win MVP, so, so you mean. I mean. And they might have the most improved player. Not really, though. Second okay, most who, improved player. Yeah. All right. I see. I think. Uh, you want to talk about it, golf? No. <laughs> John, did you see Sergio Aguero to Barcelona? Wait, that happened? Yeah. And now Here you got to talk about stuff the audience okay, so that's not going to know. Okay, so staying in Barcelona then. Wow. So 2023. Wow. Good for him. All right. Well, there's your soccer talk. That, yeah, there's we got the soccer talk out of the way. Uh, Breland and visited with the Vikings yesterday. Just look up Sergio Aguero goal on Google if you haven't seen it. It's amazing. I haven't seen it. But, uh, yeah, you got Rashad Breland visits with the Vikings yesterday. Apparently the Chiefs still have some interest. Um, you guys, you know, any thoughts on that? You think he comes back? What do you think goes on there? No. He's gone. He, the thing he tweeted gone. today, he's gone. he's gone. What did he tweet today? I he tweeted like everyone's a, when, like, some shit about it. Like everybody's a free agent expert. I was offered what now? They wanted to give me what now? Like just a tweet <laughs> like that. So I don't know. Yeah. He's I, literally I, trying to get that money. Obviously they don't really, they're not desperate to get him back. They traded for Mike Hughes. Um, you know, it's not. I. Dude, I'm very worried about how much we're going to get dicked in the passing game, especially <laughs> because our pass rush isn't that good. No, our defense this year legitimately could be like bottom 10. It, I'm, back to Bob Sutton levels. And I'm not saying it will be, but it could be because when you think about it, the pass rush isn't very good. I mean, that's and that's not to dog on the guys, but Frank Clark doesn't play that hard in the regular season. He just doesn't. It's just the coaches would probably tell you that. But then you've got you know, the linebacking core still pretty weak. I know Bolton coming in will help, but it's not going to be an, an overnight switch. It's not going to be something that just immediately fixes that core. So people are going to be able to run on you, and tight ends are going to be able to burn you. And then your corners. I mean, Ward is okay. Sneed's good. Mike Hughes is very eh, you know. I'm not sure. Bo Pete Keys, I've never even seen that guy play. So, yeah, the, I think the only strong suit on defense I can truly be confident in is safety, where they've got Thornhill and Matthew and Sorensen. That's a, that's about the only place I'm confident in right now. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, there's just going to have to be a trade-off this year. I think that our offense is going to be better than it was in 2018. It's going to be 2018, but hopefully with a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be 2018 with a better offense and a worse defense. I, um, not, you think I, they're going to have a better offense than 18? Say, yes. With that old, wow. yeah, with that old line, yes. I think we see Clyde Edwards put up Kareem Hunt numbers. Yeah, I think Clyde is going to start going off. I think the real issue with him is he didn't have anybody blocking for him. That's, I think that's one of the biggest. correct. This is probably one of them. I think one of the biggest X factors in this season is if Nicole Hardman develops. If he yeah, can develop – into what Sammy Watkins was in 2018, holy man, they're well, hey, gonna be a, they are going to be a powerhouse again. They're going to be kicking the teeth out of people's mouths. They're we'll gonna let you be, know when we go to training camp. Yeah, we'll have. Do we all know the if insights. they're allowing fans? Because I guess like that hasn't been announced yet. If they're gonna uh, allow fans, I mean, why wouldn't they? It's outdoors. Look, if they one. don't allow fans, we'll go to St. Joe. We'll sit on top of a really tall hill. We are media. We're not fans. We are. We are with the media. No, we are not media. We have gotten denied yes, many, many times as media. No, no, no. Well, that was before. That was before we had yeah, all of our credentials. Time. Should we ask for media passes? They're gonna say no. <laughs> that's 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 no, until one. That just that, you know what? You know what, John? But one day they're gonna be asking us, "Will you come out to training camp?" No, they won't. Us? If they, yes, they ever won't. do that, I don't think they will. Dave <laughs> 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 Moore is gonna be asking. <laughs> no, this podcast nope. now. <laughs> We're done. We're done. All right. We'll see you guys. Uh, uh, good talk. Episode. Let's go, Phil Mickelson, baby. Nope, Will Zaltoris. Did he make the cut? He's he was six under today. What? Yeah, six no, under. God damn. No, he wasn't. Yes, he's at six under, bro. No, I says Will Zalatoris. You dumbass. Oh, he's at one over. Are we still on or what? Yes, we're still on. We'll see you guys on the next Wait. episode.